hey, good morning, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Rebel News Daily Roundup. I'm your guest host today, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and I'm joined by my colleague uh, out on the West Coast, Drea Humphrey. Drea, how's it going? Going pretty good. I'm excited to do another show. I see we've got uh, Trudeau on the thumbnail, so that's always interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got, yeah. We'll get to it, but let's just, <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't know how to feel about it or even how to talk about any of it. So um, maybe we'll talk about that in a second about why I'm so um, just uh, ethically torn with a lot of this mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but we should tell everybody what we're doing right now. Uh, as I said, this is the Rebel News Daily Roundup. It's normally hosted by my friend and colleague, uh, David the Menzoid Menzies. However, we are under a little bit of studio construction and they're working on things in the office and David's out on special assignment. And so we've got remote hosts today, including me. Um, and this is a great way for us to interact with each other and talk about the news as it happens completely unscripted. So we normally don't get to everything on the list of things to talk about. We try to get to everything in the YouTube or Rumble headline as best we can. And we also encourage you to interact with each other in the frisky uh, live chat section. If you're watching us on YouTube or Rumble, you can chat with each other there. But if you are watching us on YouTube, might I suggest you maybe navigate away from the censorship platform of YouTube and consider watching us over on Rumble or Odyssey. These are two great free speech platforms. They really don't care about your politics and that's kind of how I want it to be. I don't need them to ideologically align with me on all things. I just kind of want to be left alone in the digital public square. And um, so if you are over on Rumble or Odyssey, uh, excuse me if I'm distracted, my daughter is dropping the coffee off on my desk and trying to remain out of the frame. <laughs> but if you are watching us on uh, Rumble you or Odyssey, you can do something called a paid chat. Um, on Rumble, it's called a Rumble Rant. On Odyssey, it's called a Hyper Chat. And it, you throw a few bucks in there. I think it's $5 US is kind of our baseline for reading it on air. However, who knows? Sometimes we read uh, chats that are under that on air. Um, sometimes you even read the free chats on air too. So, you know, let me encourage you to chat. But the reason that we encourage you to give us a paid chat is because we will never take a penny from Justin Trudeau. And so this is how we keep the lights on and keep our talented journalists employed. So might I suggest you do that? And we'll do our best to address those. Uh, some, Drea likes to do them as they come in. I like to do them at the end of the show. I think there are pros and cons to either one, but I will err on the side of Drea today. <laughs> Oh, I feel so. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about Justin Trudeau. Uh, just as everybody was headed into the live stream yesterday, uh, the atomic bomb went off right in the middle of the news cycle. And mm -hmm. more than anything, I'm kind of shocked that it was announced because they have been, I think, for astute observers living apart for quite a while. I mean, when she got COVID, at the beginning of COVID, like before right. COVID was a thing, she brought it home from London and he never contracted it from her because I think they were already kind of apart then. Yeah. And then when he got COVID multiple times, she never got it from him because they're not in the same household. Like you have, you live with your family, obviously, and I live huh. with mine. And if some, somebody gets something, it just sort of rips through the house and it's done. Oh, like yeah. nobody we, makes that out unscathed. Yeah. When we caught COVID, it went through each one of us. So 
Um, yeah, yeah and, that, that you're right. I'm glad you went back there because I wasn't even thinking about that, but you're right. That was pretty fishy. Yeah, and they've been living apart the whole time. Um, and she's really been out of the public eye the whole time. Yes. Um, she hasn't been around. It, like Mrs. Harper, we saw her all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Pierre Polyev's wife, she's out front and center. I think she's actually his secret weapon. She really makes yeah. him like normal. You're like, oh, how did that nerd get that hot chick? Who seems so nice <laughs> and normal. Uh, there's and hope smart. For she's very smart herself. <laughs> yeah, like smart, nice mom. And you're like, oh, I guess there's there's hope for all of us if he can land a chick <laughs> like that. Um, but uh, I just, I never thought that since they've been living apart for so long, that the it would be announced while he's sitting as the prime minister that they were separating, mm-hmm. which leads me to speculate. And I hate this. I hate it. Yeah. Leads me to speculate that something precipitated the necessity mm-hmm. to make an announcement. And I wonder if he got winged in the forehead with a candlestick <laughs> uh, the day before. And there's like some kind of police report um, that, know. you know, like since it, since they've been living apart and, and she hasn't really been in the public eye. I, I don't really think there was a, a reason to talk about this, but there is. Yeah. And I just don't know what it is. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. It definitely, there's a lot to speculate from anything from a high heel to the head. Um, but the timing, it just seems like it couldn't be worse of a timing because not only is he still in office, He's certainly getting ready to be on the campaign trail for the next election. And I think, um, you know, he'd be a fool not to realize that the leader of the opposition is, in fact, the threat. So it does seem like there was some sort of catalyst to say, nope, this happens now. Um, It could be, you know, something crazy or it could be as simple as, you know, one of them wanting to move on. Who knows? Um, But it does seem like a bad timing. And you mentioned sort of the unity we see, at least uh, on camera, between Pierre Polyev and Aneta. And it seems like, again, that that secret weapon of Pierre's wife is going to go a long way, maybe. I was asking people on Twitter whether or not they thought the divorce would hinder or harm Trudeau uh, in the next election. And quite a few people thought it would work as a sympathy vote. I don't know. I I always thought like during COVID, he did look like a thrice divorced or at least <laughs> yeah. on his third divorce uh, yeah. university professor who was sleeping in the family Volvo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would, like shuffle out and do his press conference. And I'm like, holy God, what happened? not even this. There were times where he looked much worse. Yeah. His, his hair was a little bit longer, maybe because the hairdressers were closed and, you know, he didn't want to sneak a haircut because everybody would notice. And his beard yeah. was a little bit longer. And I was like, God, you've been What's sleeping on the couch, on? buddy. <laughs> like, like, sometimes he, like, sometimes he looked like a different person, too. Like, even his weight seemed to, like, fluctuate drastically uh, during his those days. Face, his face would get puffy like a man who was on yeah. a bit of a bender. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I know what you mean about being ethically torn because there's been a lot of jokes out there and I'm like oh like you know I I see the humor I see the humor but I've refrained you know because there are kids involved and that's never a good thing for them but um yeah there's a lot out there being said some are speculating he might come out as part of the LGBTQ plus community now that could have been a driving force. You never know. 
you know, he would, he is that cynical, right? Like he absolutely is that cynical. Um, Joe Warmington's got an interesting take on this. Our friend Joe Warmington, one of the last normals over at the Toronto Sun, uh, he writes, sorry, but the prime minister's personal life is not a private matter. Mm. It's a public matter. Uh, he says nothing should be off limits, even as some of my colleagues have written. They have always there. They have always been a public couple. That's true. Featured amongst yeah. world leaders and on magazine covers, covers, and what made them news then does not change now. This is the reality of public life. Mm-hmm. If Prime Minister Justin Trudeau wants to see the privacy of he and his wife of 18 years, Sophie Gregoire, is respected, the best template to follow is the one set by former Mayor John Tory, who earlier this year stepped from the chief magistrate's job upon word he had been involved in an intimate relationship with a much younger female staff member. After taking a week to clean up some files, Tory exited public life to work things out with his family, and as a result, the media and public left him alone. That's a great point. If oh, yeah. the Prime Minister wants that same courtesy, his best move would be to resign from his position and deal with the matter out of public view. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? He wants us to be concerned about his kids. I'm, I am concerned about his kids. That's why I'm trying to keep all my jokey jokes to myself, uh, because <laughs> yeah. they are going to get old enough to... Uh, to read them one day then and some of them are old. Yeah. a couple of his kids are old enough to read them and it is difficult right. when your parents are doing things in the public eye and you're just like trying to be a normal kid um and you're already burdened with the fact that sophie gregoire trudeau and justin trudeau are your parents that's got to be hard mm-hmm. um so but yeah i mean if this this is the worst thing his kids are going to go through and again that's why i'm keeping my jokey jokes to myself this is a is the worst thing to happen to a kid um, mm-hmm. outside of like a, a death of an immediate family member. And so yeah. maybe he does need to resign and so that he could focus on his kids. And I don't think anyone would fault him for that. I would actually respect that if he said, you know what? Yes, uh, this is a, a horrific thing. My, this is awful. And my kids need us. And so I'm just going to step back. It's not like he needs the money, by the way. I understand why other people take their jobs and go through a divorce. If you're going through a divorce, you definitely need your job. Uh, you've got bills to pay for. But he's independently wealthy on his own. His dad left him a bunch of money. He comes from a wealthy family. Mm-hmm. He's a moneyed family, a Laurentian family. You don't need to be the prime minister. Go deal with your kids. Yeah, it's definitely a bureaucrat. And some are theorizing that maybe that is why we're hearing about the separation that seems to be old news uh, now is that perhaps they don't want him the face of the party. So why not make this announcement and make that part of the reason why you have to step down? Who knows? Only time will tell. Let us know in the comments what you guys think. What's your theory behind this? Because it is interesting that they wouldn't just hang on to it, keep it in their pockets for a little longer. I don't know if you watched my monologue. I filled in for Ezra last night, but I had proof of like actual proof instead of just my, uh, she's at Harrington Lake and he's at Rideau Cottage looking like he's been sleeping on the couch. Um, <laughs> I had I had proof that they had literally not been traveling together for important mm-hmm. events, sitting mm-hmm. on my desk for four weeks. And I just didn't understand the context in which I had this information. I just thought mm-hmm. it was general liberals burning through taxpayer dollars and not respecting who pays the bills because uh-huh. I had the flight manifest for the challenger jet. Uh, that's Justin Trudeau's private jet. And I don't fault him for flying on the challenger, by the way, he's a world leader. Like he's got specific security concerns, but be frugal about it. Like Stephen Harper was. Uh-huh. And, uh, 
it was the flight manifest for the travel over to uh, the King's coronation in May. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Sophie and the kids aren't on there. They weren't mm. on the flight with him. But yeah. they were at the coronation, meaning they flew commercial mm-hmm. first class. The kids and her flew commercial yeah. first class to the coronation where they got together for the photo ops. And then yeah. uh, she and the kids also flew commercial first class home while he flew mm-hmm. on the Challenger. And I was like, when I read this, I was like, uh, maybe their schedules didn't line up, whatever. But I was like, this is atrocious. If your schedule doesn't line up, make it line up. Quit charging yeah. us for this stuff. You have a jet. Get exactly. on the jet together, right? But then when I dug down and take for this what you will, but the nanny was on the flight with Justin Trudeau, but the kids mm-hmm. were on the commercial flight with what? her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm not, I'm not making, I'm not making allegations about pic- anything. No, but, but do we have a picture of the nanny? Weird. I feel like we Sarah need a Clark. picture of the nanny. I don't know who that is. <laughs> She's young and wholesome. Um, oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, I'm not, I'm not saying that there's anything going on there. I don't know Sarah Clark. And again, it must not be, I mean, you really have to be a certain sort of patient person to work for the Trudeau family (laughs) for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, but I do know that she was on that flight home on the challenger from the UK with no children to nanny on that flight. So it's just the thing I I read about. Wow, that is some good little tea you got there. <laughs> I just—I I had no idea what it was. I was just sort of mad because they're wasting my money, uh, but I didn't know what to do with it. And then, as like the news broke yesterday, I was like, "What? Like, oh. Damn! I—I—I I, I knew this is why. This has been. Yeah. I think it's been going on for years, but I mean, it, that was like a thing that I could tangibly prove. Um, right. That they were but not would, traveling together, would... and their life was a photo op. But if you put it out, it was it would have still probably come across as speculative. So better to wait, I guess. Now you're like, what? Yes. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Look, oh. real journalism. Try it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Let's go into this uh, tweet from Laura Love, whom I can't mm-hmm. I can't open this tweet in the list because she has me blocked for some reason. Oh, oh no, I don't I think I'm blocked. Me. I can I don't open recall it. doing something to her. <laughs> All right. Um. Who is she, by the way? Let's see what her bio says. She says she's a mom, wife, a cyber criminologist, SFU alumni, and an independent journalism with Sky Talk speakers. She's got a lot going on in her bio. Cypherpunk. There's a lot of words Mm -hmm. that I don't know what those actually mean. Um, but (laughs) anyway, she's got me blocked for some reason. I can see how we would be, um, incompatible with each other. I don't know if we would be friends (laughs) in real life, but I don't recall ever actually doing anything to this woman. I think I'm on a list somewhere, but they're like, oh, that's a mean conservative lady. Block, 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 block. I think I'm on a list. Like, do they really think we can't just, or we don't just have other accounts to look at it? Like, I don't get the blocking thing. I don't block anybody. Of course we would do. We're journalists. Like whenever they block me, I'm like, okay, so I'm so sad. Like, ow. Like, it's so strange. No, I I totally have a troll account. You can't hide from me. I'm going to see what you're saying. I know. But also I don't, I don't block people either. I, uh, no. I, 
I mute them. So they have the uh, misfortune of seeing everything I say, but also knowing that I don't care. Okay, the only person... <laughs> so- I had never muted anybody until recently and it's Rachel Gilmore and it's only like, I'm not following the chick, but Twitter is always showing me your stuff. So I'm like, you know what? Mute. <laughs> but uh, I like when, yeah, they have, sh- when they're forced to scream into the ether and know that I can't hear them because I just care so little. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. So we bring t- up Laura Love's tweet. Yeah. Tweet. Yeah. Go ahead. So I'm going to say Sophie because I can't pronounce that. So it says, Sophie Trudeau, a former television presenter, has been a prominent president at Trudeau's side throughout this political career and became a public figure. Okay, sorry, I messed this up because I should read that Laura Love is saying at the beginning, she's saying CBC is out to lunch. They really are the state stenographers when they write whitewash like this. And so she is quoting from the CBC saying, Sophie Trudeau, a former television presenter, has been a prominent present at Trudeau's side throughout his political career and became a public figure in her town, right as an advocate for several charitable and social causes, including mental health and gender equality. So they're really, really, really um, up, putting her up there. Now, you're saying you wouldn't get along with Laura Love. But, uh, but it sounds like we might. <laughs> yeah, time to unblock. And then she shares I, that the BBC did a little bit more of an honest take about her, uh, in quotations, charitable work. Thank let's you. Let's click on that yeah. if you wouldn't mind. Let's open that up. The Wee Charity Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You. by the way, you know when she got COVID? She was at a, a Wee event. Uh, mm. And now she didn't take any money to be at the WE event, but she got payment in kind. She got a first-class trip to London to speak at the WE Day event um, Mm -hmm. with a bunch of celebrities hobnobbing, uh, all expenses paid, and all she had to do was show up, and I don't know what she does at these things. I can't imagine that young people are like, ooh, I wonder what Sophie Trudeau has to say. like, Or when Justin Joe trots out his mother at these WE Day events and they pay her like, uh, tens of thousands of dollars to give a 20 minute speech. And I'm, I'm like, the youth of the world are really just dying to hear from Margaret yeah. Trudeau. <laughs> like, like really. Um, but yeah, they didn't pay her for that, but she went to speak and they're like, oh, she spoke for free. And it's like, well, well that was free. I think that's payment in kind yeah. with your free vacation to London, wherein yeah. you got COVID and brought it back to Canada as uh, super spreader number one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am glad this Laura Love pointed out the hypocrisy there. Uh, yeah, totally. Speaking of hypocrisy, let's do this story from Blacklocks because I thought this was just like bring on the listeria outbreaks and the salmonella because that's what's going to oh, happen here. My gosh. You know, at the beginning of COVID, we went back to using plastic bags, right? Uh, because society realized that those reusable plastic bags are disgusting. <laughs> They're disgusting. Your meat leaks in them. You don't wash them all the time. Ugh. They're gross. They're gross. I mm. hate them. Um, although I'm, I think I'm the proud owner of like $400 worth oh, of those reusable I know. bags. Because every time I go into the damn grocery store, I'm like, my oh, bags. <laughs> I know. Me too. I even forget uh, them in the trunk sometimes and then I'm too lazy. So I'm like, okay, I'll get more. 
But um, I don't think I've gone directly into a grocery store in the last six months. I'm trucking into the grocery store and then I have to stop, turn on my heels, go back to yeah. the trunk, get <laughs> my bags because I forgot. And I'm like, I'm not buying another damn bag. Uh, one time yeah. I was like, you know what? I forgot my bags, but you are not going to make me buy another bag. Yeah, so I just care. piled my groceries yeah. into the cart, just loose. And I had to make like 30 trips back and forth from the vehicle, get it all into yeah. the house. But I was like, no, I'm proving a point. You're not going to get I've me. I've done that. I've done yep. that too. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about this. Sim Blacklocks today. The liberals are crazy. Um, and yeah. they are, so as you know, we, in Canada, we believe that the inert, perfect garbage, single-use plastic, uh, mm-hmm. very sanitary. Um, and if you are a wise person, you could incinerate it as a stored fossil fuel and create electricity from it. After yeah. you've used it for the thing that you've used it for. Yeah, it's a fossil fuel. You just burn it right. and create electricity. Right. Actually, they, they do that in Burnaby. They have a big garbage incinerator there. So um, it always warms that my heart sense. to know that the hippies, the hippies down there on Burnaby Mountain, all mad about the Trans Mountain Pipeline and charging their cell phones on burned garbage. <laughs> but uh, anyways, they want grocers, the liberals now. Uh, in their pursuit to get rid of clean, sanitary, single-use plastics, which have prevented, I think, a whole manner of diseases in society very recently. Um, They are giving grocers till the months end to comment on proposed curbs on single-use plastics like meat wrapping and those biodegradable fruit bags that you use in the grocery store in the produce section. They're green. I think they break down, um, but they don't Mm. want you using those either. And currently, a ban is on plastic six-pack rings, um, cutlery. Uh, by the way, have you ever used one of those, like, cardboard forks? I got one at Subway. Oh, my gosh. They're the worst. They're I was like, worst. I'll take five of those to get through my Subway salad because <laughs> I don't eat bread, right? And so I'm, I'm like, poking, and it's just bending. I'm like, I can't even get this in the tomato. It's just oh. bending, right? Um, and I tried to give I it saved... to my son and he was like, he couldn't even eat with it. I'm like, oh my gosh, let's just wait till you get home. Like it's, they're so bad. Yeah. It's like the paper yeah, straws that even... disintegrate. You're drinking the straw, like halfway through your drink yeah, <laughs> in your plastic cup. Um, yeah. and I don't know how I'm saving the environment by needing five of them to eat my salad. Like, I just don't know. In, by the way, my salad in the plastic bowl they gave me. Which yeah, is the plastic lid, the plastic bowl, my uh, paper fork, which is not yeah. at all fork shaped. It's just like a pokey Ugh. thing. Um, it's covered in plastic too. But I'm I've saved the world by inconveniencing myself while I try to eat a salad. Um, but anyways, they want us to now. I I don't. I think we, they want us to go to butcher's paper. Um, which you know, like I have a, it, a steer in the freezer wrapped in butcher's paper, but. That's my own steer. It came to me frozen. I put the Mm. into the freezer. Imagine what it's going like to just the labor, right? Like Mm -hmm. you've wrapped there. You're done at the grocery store. You've just wrapped it. But now they want like the people at the grocery store who are cutting the meat to wrap everything in butcher's Mm -hmm. paper. I want to be able to see what I'm buying. I don't care if the steer that that I bought that I I raised is I don't care if I don't see what's inside the packaging. But mm-hmm. if I'm going to the Walmart meat counter, I want to see what I'm buying. I want to see the marbling. I want, you know, like I want to see the size. I, I want to see the thickness. I want to see everything. Can't do that. But these are the liberals and other people buy their groceries for them, so they don't care. 
yeah, there's not going to be somewhere st- someone standing there wrapping it all the time. So you need to see it. And there's certain meats like ground beef and stuff where you're still going to have to use the plastic. So this is just going to cause so many issues. But how long ago was it when they were turning a blind eye to all of the billions of masks that people were throwing away every day? They were in the grocery carts. They were all over the streets. Like they didn't seem to care about the environment with those. And now they're coming here. They're going to make groceries even more expensive for people if they do this and they say they're giving um grocers i think 30 days or something in the article to to respond as though they're going to consider them but this is going to cost a lot if they have to make these types of switches and it's just going to make food unaffordable for the average person i saw a meme the other day it was funny and makes you want to cry at the same time and it was like this this face and it was like yeah i just paid my rent so i have somewhere to starve and you know yeah. it's this liberal madness yeah. like this that's just contributing to that yeah yeah I, I mean it's just like do they re- I think they realize that everybody goes to a, like they think everybody goes to a specialty butcher just like they do and everybody yeah. can afford to go to a specialty butcher le- just like they do where this guy's you know he's a artisan butcher and the, all yeah. the animals had na- names and they went to school <laughs> together <laughs> And, you know, they had a birthday party and a, a farewell party. And before they were butchered, their family and friends gathered around them to say their goodbyes. And then now this artisan butcher with like a twirly mustache and like a, a fancy suit is just like hacking it up and then like wrapping it up and like make, folding the, the meat wrapper into like a paper swan or whatever. Like they, that, no, a lot of people go to the grocery store. That's Walmart. <laughs> I don't even think they go socks. to the grocery store. I don't even think no, they go. They I think someone goes for them. And so it's like, yeah, no big deal to them that they can't see the meat that's been sitting out there for three days and, and wonder if it's still good. And yeah. Yeah. yeah they want the two for like, a, most people want the, like the two for 22 packs of chicken. Like <laughs> that's how you feed your family in the times of inflation. Um, exactly. They don't, they don't eat like the liberals. Like they, they just, the, the poor's need plastic. We need the plastic. <laughs> oh, it's oh man. Just uh, wanna... Let's hit an ad break, and then we'll go to uh, our daily dose of LGBTQ madness. Um, one out of uh, BC. Now, this is of I have. I have a what I would love to do. This lady and I mentioned it in the morning meeting. Um, we'll see. Let Let's hit the ad break. And we'll it may happen. This. It may happen. How in the world could such a small group of people with limited resources change world history? But in fact, that's happening. And it's the power of the truth. The truth is like kryptonite. Healthcare isn't in some sense working very well. Foster Colson is thinking about this. He's got a new company, an online healthcare platform called The Wellness Company. Telehealth company called The Wellness Company. The Wellness Company. The most popular product is the detoxification supplement that features natokinase. Natokinase is is the only enzyme that we're aware of right now that dissolves the spike protein. Spike protein is loaded in the body with the COVID-19 infection and definitely with the vaccines. We've been completely accurate on the spread of the virus, early treatment, on the deficiencies in hospital care, and now the deaths that are occurring after vaccination. This is a human outrage and is occurring at the end of a hypodermic needle. Isn't it interesting? Natural substances combating this man-made disaster.
All right. Drea, I'll let you take the lead on this one because BC continues to amaze me. <laughs> it just, oh my it's, gosh. it's like Sodom and Gomorrah on the other side of the mountains. And I'm, I've never been more grateful for a mountain range between the two of us some days. <laughs> Help me, save me. You know, this is another example of radical left taking over academia. So this is uh, Campus Watch. This article is from True North. UBC professor advocates exposing kids to adult genitals. So this is Dr. Katya Tyne. And she said she believes children should be exposed to adult genitalia to, pre to prepare them for the possibility of seeing naked transgender individuals in locker rooms. Okay, so this is um, what she put on Twitter. Hey, want to know one of my all-time excellent parenting ideas? Let little children see penises and vulvas of various ages and sizes in a casual, normalized, totally safe way. The world will thank you for it. And so will those children when they grow up. And then she adds, there's more. Like, let that sink in for a sec. She says, just imagine, so just imagine if the Riley Games, so that is one of the professional swimmers who's been speaking out about women's spaces in sports. Um, so just imagine if the Riley Games of the society could totally keep their cool at the site of a trans V. And just imagine if Riley Gaines' parents were like, yeah, that happens. It's okay. Now let's talk about it. Your upcoming training schedule. This is sick. This I can't believe they are teaching the young minds in university that this is just the normal way to treat little children. It again breaks down all boundaries. It is child grooming. If there was a story I did just out of um, in BC where there was a person in a wig who came in and the mom caught that person looking underneath the changing area at the child. And the mom, when she told the person stop, was told, this is my right to be here, not just by that individual, but also by the actual people at the front desk at the swimming place. So this is how we solve this issue. Instead of keeping little girls and women safe in their own spaces, we just show them and expose them to male genitalia from what toddler and up. It's sick. And oh, so. I like how they, like, I appreciate the honesty here, right? Um, on some level, because when they say I guess. in a casual, normalized way. So what they're trying yeah. to do is normalize obscenity and uh, yeah. just this bizarre sickness infecting the culture right now. They want it to be normalized so that because little kids know what a mommy yeah. and a daddy is. They know that right. boys grow up to be daddies and girls grow up to be mommies. There's no confusion. What she's trying yeah. to do is infect young people with this mm -hmm. confusion that yeah. uh, these weirdos perpetrate. And by the way, does she really think that Riley Gaines' problem is that she hasn't seen enough penises in her life? <laughs> Do you think that that's Riley Gaines' problem with what's happening in the change rooms? Uh, I wonder if well, she even has not. Well, that's the thing too. I, yeah, a lot of these childless childless, barren, self-sterilized marms out there giving parents like me advice about what's good for our kids. My kids are bright, happy, well-adjusted, uh, mm -hmm. high-achieving. They're making me happy and they're being happy people and they're doing good in the world. Maybe I've got advice to give. 
But no, I got to listen to people like that tell us how to parent our kids. And it's like, where's your, oh, you have four cats that are going to eat you when you die? Oh, that's nice. I have children that are going to give me grandchildren and they'll surround me as I die. And, and uh, I'll be happy as I go off to meet my reward. But you're going to be eaten by your cats alone in an apartment uh, surrounded by takeout containers. That's what's going to happen to these people. Um, but they are the ones just telling us how to raise our kids. Um, it, it's just, uh, it's gross. I, I can't believe like we have to report about this in the news that it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. I was shocked about drag queen story times and now you have things like this, but you're right. Even when we cover the protests and the allies come out to defend, you know, cross sex dressing for kids uh, types events. When you ask them if they have kids, they have always the ones who will talk always say they don't have kids. Um, but even just with the work that I've done with people who have survived child sex abuse, one of the things that is a dead giveaway for the people that work with kids who have to go through this type of thing is that those children know too much about sex. They know too much about, uh, you know, the opposite sex body parts, something that a three-year-old or four-year-old would not usually know. That is a red flag. So now we have in schools, kids coming across actual sex acts as some sort of learning resource. Um, so they're going to know this type of information. And now we're being told, we'll just go ahead and expose them to these body parts uh, from a very young age of all sizes and of all shapes. Like they are not going to be able to decipher safe boundaries nor communicate safe boundaries. They are literally normalizing child grooming. It, I just, uh, it makes me so sick to my stomach. It makes me uh. angry. And I bet you if I found this woman or if you found this woman or whatever she is, she, they, mm -hmm. what does that mean? She, she goes <laughs> by is, she, her. She does go by she, her. It says in the article, I think. Oh, oh no, great. she, they, you're right. She, you're they. right. You're right. What the hell? Why, Why would I they? think she, her? Why is they? No, she has to be she, they, just to be weird. Uh, to be and in be the club. Special. To be in, the, be in club. the club. I'm a she. they. Yeah, yeah. she's a so she. So <laughs> if, if one of us confronted this woman on a street holding like a big penis sign, chased her down with it and said, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? She'd be like, get out of here, you pervert. And rightfully exactly. so, by the way, yeah. because... That's weird. You shouldn't be like, and you could just, I'm just trying to normalize it. If this person did have kids, I wonder how they would feel about me trying to normalize Christianity to her mm. kids. Just, exactly. I'm just here to, I'm just yeah. here to normalize, uh, the Lord in a totally, yeah. in a casual, normalized, totally safe way. I'm just here to normalize Christianity. So I'm, yeah. I'm here with these icons. Maybe I'll expose you to a rosary pray yeah we'll pray she with would, the kids you know <laughs> yeah she would probably get off the rev limiter she yeah so they so don't mad. grow up to burn so they don't grow up to burn churches you know when <laughs> they grow up to teach that tolerance and inclusivity can we see that twitter photo for a second more why am i not surprised that that's what the twitter photo looks can you get a mask to cover more of your face than what I just saw there. I don't know. It was a flash on the screen, but it was, you don't have to oh, show it. Like, like why is the mask? Oh, it's sunglasses. Okay. I thought the mask was going oh, up. Sunglasses. The and then still, the, um... they're indoors. She's, they is indoors and she's got sunglasses and a mask on. Why am I not surprised at all? Why am I not surprised at that haircut? I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I will say I did have a similar haircut like 12 years ago. 
Um, but it wasn't that aggressive. Um, it was stylish at the time, I think. Um, let's, let's, we, we do um, have a chat since you gave me permission to come okay. in with yep. the chats. We have yep. one that kind of relates. Uh, this one is from Adam Mott, donates $5. Thank you very much for those tuning in. This is a way you can be part of the show is go on to Rumble and Odyssey and do a little chat and we will read it. So it says, hi, Rebels. I'm enjoying a day off so I can see you live. Aw. I'm not buying the theory of JT and LGBT. My gaydar doesn't go off even though he's a big sissy. <laughs> Plus, he's too much of a womanizer to be gay. Oh, that's a good good point there. He does sit like a lady a lot, though, I will say. I could use some advice for him on how to sit. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this, I remember Adam, I was just going to say this, Adam Ottawa, is, he's a, I think he's a public oh, sector employee, one of the good ones behind the enemy lines there. Um, mm. But I remember him mentioning in another chat that he was himself gay adam was mm -hmm. um and so i was going to mention that and then i was like maybe don't because maybe he's not like, <laughs> but he chats us and confirms that yes i do recall correctly um adam says i uh, guess us five bucks and says i also want to remind your other fans that most of us regular gay people yeah. don't support this child grooming we all all we wanted was fair and equal treatment which we've had for 20 <laughs> years now enough already well that's the thing exactly um you yeah the normal gays get sucked into this nonsense and they're like, oh, it's like the worrywart uh, public health officers who are like, no, we have to lock all the young people down to protect the old people. And all the grandparents are like, don't do this in my name. <laughs> like, I didn't mm -hmm. ask you for this. And like mm -hmm. the, the normal gays are like, oh, no, we don't we don't want to read to little kids at the at the library in cross-sex uniforms like <laughs> we don't want to do that. Like, don't lump yeah. us in there. You guys are doing your thing. We we got our rights. We can, you know, have our civil partnerships and and uh, have, you know, health benefits for our same sex partners and walk our dog in the park. <laughs> like you know, everybody I else, that's all they want to do. <laughs> I felt very similar with the Black Lives Matter movement. It was like, what do what opportunity do I not have? And there was all this stuff going on and that, oh, my gosh, I'm so oppressed just because I'm black. And I had friends that I had been friends with for years, like call or message me to apologize and I'm like okay sorry uh, are you a racist <laughs> because uh, you've treated me pretty good your whole life so I get a little bit of it but you know I think it's even more embarrassing to um, be lumped in with what's going on right now in the the radical sort of LGBTQ agenda I don't uh, envy you at all for that that must be hard to go through and I do know that most people in that community whether even though some are quiet, they are like, no, this is too far. Yes. Uh, while we're still on the um, LGBTQ uh, daily dose of madness, um, let's talk about David Menzies uh, because it's in the title. Yeah. <laughs> Listed yeah. in Rumble and we're quickly running out of time. Um, we should talk about this. So David Menzies went back to Fergus, Ontario uh, to see just as David Menzies will say, who's who in the zoo um, when it comes to a male rugby player named Ash Davis playing on the women's senior Fergus Highlanders team. And I should point out that as recently as December of 2022, Ash Davis was awarded the hardest hitter as yeah. a male rugby player for the Fergus Highlanders men's senior team, although he did accept his award in a blue dress. Um, so 
like that wasn't a clue of something to come. Um, but anyways, uh, the female team, they're happy to be cheaters and they put him in the forwards and either he is playing hook or eight man. And, uh, <clears throat> anyway, David went back. Let's see how that went. I understand Mr. Davis was the hardest hitting player on the men's team last year, sir. How is he being allowed to play against fit biological females? You're disgusting. Get out of my face. Stay the f away from me, man. I heard what you were saying before. I think the idea is that you're not being tolerant of other people's beliefs. You think everyone has to believe what you believe. Oh. I think we should just be tolerant. Ladies, what do you think about Mr. Davis injuring biological females? Any thoughts on that? Ash, is it true that you were voted the hardest hitter on the male team that you played for last year? You're the ref, you should be calling this. I will be calling you a very safe game, sir. Thank you. Keep walking if you don't have good fun. Okay, then. Oh, really? Including a male player injuring female players. That's okay with you? What's wrong with that? You don't have to talk to the players. Uh, please don't touch me. Are you with the local media? This guy, Ash Davis, he, three women on the Stony Creek Camel team had to be carted off the field. How, how is that safe? He's a biological male. You know what, that's not true. Mr. Davis, why are you doing this? You were voted the hardest hitter on the male team last year. Doesn't that make things even more lethal for the biological females that you're injuring? Oh, okay. Okay, okay. I can't, I can't answer that question right now. Oh, is that right? I see these, I see these ladies telling you not to talk. You're taking orders from these uh, rugby players, sir. Well, I'm just here to watch a, a rugby game. So why is this being tolerated, man? Because um, they're not a male. They, they. Oh, it's a they. How about yourself, sir? Do you agree with a biological male playing against biological females? Looks like you're giggling. Weird world, isn't it, sir? It's, it's a <laughs> sticky situation, that's for oh, sure. Have a good weekend. You don't really the penal code. The penal Ontario penal code. That's not a thing, but um, <laughs> there's something penal going on around there. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, just the sheer girth of that man, the size of that man, the gall of these people to tell. By the way, those privileged white ladies who are cheaters, telling that black man to shut up and not talk to a journalist. <laughs> I'm reliably informed that systemic racism. Um, <laughs> and why did he listen? Bleed my eyes. Why oh would he listen? God. Yeah, I mean, I said a lot of commentary on this uh, yesterday, but it just—it's it, just so alarming to me to see the men supporting this. Like the, even that big guy. If you don't have good vibes, get out of here. How is the heaviest hitter on a male rugby team then charging, slamming? and injuring females good vibes like where how are these men raised were they not raised that that's not okay and you know, the poor people who are on the other team they don't have a choice or say in this matter yeah chivalry is dead and modern feminism murdered it um you you just see people who are they know what they see before them is completely wrong but they're scared to speak out because you're going to be the person who said, yeah, that's that's totally a dude with male pattern baldness and kids and a wife um, and a dog. Uh, <laughs> and the only thing that changed was the pronouns. 
and maybe the length of his hemline. But if you are that person, all of a sudden you're canceled. You're like, just by speaking the truth, you're risking your job, your career, your friendships. These people will turn on you and harass you as a bigot for simply saying that guy on the line out ready to throw in that ball. That's a dude. And there are many trans people who know this, who know that they have a disad- or an advantage over women in these sports and thus they don't do this. They don't even try to go down this and compete with women. But again, like it could, can't be any more of the textbook example of how this has gone too far than it being somebody who was voted the heaviest hitter on the men's team. Where do we draw the line with this? Well, and look at, like, they're shoving David. Like, they're like, if these are the people who are like, if you misgender them, they're going to be in the hospital, in the emergency room on an (laughs) IV drip. They're that fragile. Um, But they are perfectly fine to shove David Menzies. Like, they are going to die of misgendering, but they're shoving David Menzies on camera, and they think they're justified. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, kudos to David for going there and keeping his cool and covering a story like no one else is covering it. Um, To show firsthand what this looks like, I think more people need to see, like, especially when you see him just charging out there. Um, It would be nice to get comment from Ash, but he's got all these uh, rugby ladies on the team defending him. And of course they are. Uh, He's a, a secret, not even a secret weapon. He's the weapon. Yeah, hardest hitter on the men's team. (laughs) <laughs> of course they took them like of course now they're I asked, <laughs> I asked this uh yesterday but does i because all i can see is that ash goes by is non-binary and goes by they i didn't see a she they did you see a she they because why is ash on the women's team if ash is just they right i don't know right i don't know because because the Fergus Highlanders are a bunch of cheaters. That's why. <laughs> and uh, these people are, the people like Ash are forcing the rest of us to play along in their own fetish. Um, uh, I don't know why any grown biological man would think that it was some sort of human right to be able to hurt and injure women on a rugby field. I, I just, it's bizarre. It's mm-hmm. And even if you did it, and then you see the women on the other team, um, like in Joe Warmington's piece that came out where he quoted some of them saying like, you know, they'd never been hit like this before. They felt like a train. So even if you did join on the team and you're like, oh, and then that happens, what makes you not stop at that point? You just don't care. You don't care if you injure these women. You know that you're a heavy hitter and you're just going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of, you know, like when kids are playing a sport and they end up, for example, like in a basketball game and the one team is like a hundred, has a hundred points and the other team has 20. And then you sort of pull off your mm-hmm. uh, strongest players just to make it fair because it's just at that point, it is unsportsmanlike. Mm-hmm. This is unsportsmanlike. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you, even if you are like, yeah, that's, you can be whatever gender you want. At some point, don't you care about uh, sportsmanship? I don't know. Yeah. And I used to think of rugby as a very, like, sportsman-like game, actually. You know, like, the the 
girls will hit each other and then help each other back up off the field competitors, mm-hmm. you know, like they, they're, they're very collegial. Uh, they understand, you know, you just leave it all on the, on the field, but this is so unsportsmanlike. Just mm-hmm. awful. Uh, yeah. We should hit an ad break and then we should go into uh, this Lizzo thing um, <laughs> because we talked about my brand of music last week. And I think um, maybe, oh my maybe like this, this might be in your wheelhouse. Oh it's gosh. definitely not in mine. I only know Lizzo oh. from the memes. <laughs> like I don't, well, okay, I don't honestly, know, that's pretty I much all I know. So. Okay, okay we'll, good. we'll go to an ad. And then we'll do that. You may have heard us previously refer to the term Orwellian in response to the way that governments around the world have acted throughout the COVID-1984 hysteria, but do you know what these terms really mean? Well, they come from the dystopian writings of author George Orwell, and now you can read one of his most famous works, novel 1984, better than ever before, to hear the terms that we refer to often, such as the Ministry of Truth, wrong think, thought police, etc. straight from the horse's mouth. You can find it at buy1984.com where Rebel News is excited to launch this revamped classic tale. It's not revamped at all in terms of what was actually written. In fact, all of the writings themselves remain entirely unchanged. But we're now bringing you this harrowing futuristic novel fully illustrated and with a larger, easier to read font size. There is a foreword by Rebel Commander, Ezra Levant, and you can order it directly through that website, buy1984.com. The parallels between the depictions of the surveillance state and Orwellian's totalitarian depictions in 1984, contrasted with what we are seeing today in our democracies should not be ignored. Go to buy1984.com and purchase your book today. And hey, maybe even order a copy or two for a friend. It's the perfect gift that keeps on giving. And you'll never be able to view the doublespeak of certain politicians the same way again. That's buy1984.com. Okay, let's get to this Lizzo story because I am informed by a bunch of deeply diabetic people on the left that she is the picture of health and beauty. Oh, uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm supposed to believe that she use a pe- uses a Peloton daily and um, she is a flautist, as they say. I think she plays the flute. I remember that's when I was like, I don't, why is this scantily clad um, creature uh, playing <laughs> this very important glass flute and why does half the world think it's beautiful and half the world think it's hideous and disrespectful. Um, but uh, apparently she's uh, big trouble. A lot of people are accusing her of um, weight shaming. Uh-huh. That, of, all is, of all things. Um, <laughs> I know that she like hunted the world. I listened to Candace Owens uh, talk about okay. this a little bit, and I was trying to bring myself up to speed. But from okay. what I understand, Lizzo hunted the world for less than perfectly physiqued dancers. I'm okay. trying to be politically correct. She didn't want uh, like your standard in-shape dancer mm-hmm. on her tour. She wanted these body-diverse dancers. Okay, whatever. 
But apparently when she got them, she bullied them. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> well, yeah. I do not have her in my playlist. I guess that one song about damn time was kind of catchy, but that's all I know other than she seems to be almost promoting obesity, which of course is linked to many health issues, many that are fatal. Um, But to hear these accusations, it's from three of her previous backup dancers and they're accusing her of some pretty serious things. Um, One, including sexual harassment they're saying they were forced to uh touch a nude backup dancer when they didn't want to um there is even uh imprisonment or false imprisonment they're accusing her of and of course they are accusing her of fat body shaming they say that they she seemed to have the issue they allege that she had issues with how fast they were growing so this is just completely against the so-called body confidence sort of image that she goes on that the media sort of applauds and everything like this so I don't know what the heck's going on here but it does seem weird that she would scour the world for these dancers and then three of them would come together and say this um it doesn't seem like it would be out of thin air so Uh Let's show this so that people really understand what I'm talking about. If you're like me and you're not from um, the Lizzo world and you mm-hmm. don't pay attention to popular culture except the memes uh, like I do, yeah. <clears throat> the BBC article has uh, what um, what I was talking about. So she is known to wear this like bodysuit thing. I zoomed in because I'm like, there's no way that that's staying on. I think that's a bodysuit. Uh, this yellow outfit. Yeah, there it is. And like she, you know, she, I'm going to give it to her for a big girl. She will move around the stage. Although I have heard yeah. her breathing quite heavily. I think she struggles with the cardio um, into the microphone. And uh, so this is what she wears. This is supposed to be beautiful. We're supposed to celebrate this. And there's the dancers that she scoured the world to find these dancers who were, as as the left likes to say, a more a more uh, normal a body size than what you would see in other professional backup dancers. Mm-hmm. So she's supposed to be celebrated for self-love and uh, she lo- posts a lot of pictures of, see, yeah, uh, a lot of pictures of herself online, like on her Instagram, I guess, where she's, I don't know, wearing not a lot of clothes for some reason. And we're all supposed to say that it's beautiful. Until yeah. the diabetes takes your toe. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think she's just a, a net bad influence on society. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if the allegations against her are true or not. Right. But I'm just kind of happy to see the left eating their own. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, so I'm just going to stand back and just... I don't have a, a horse in this race. But um, I just, I'm just going to watch it all play out. <laughs> it, it's definitely ironic i got a little bit more of the accusations here in our article here um the dancers also name uh, lizzo's production company in the suit as well as the caption of lizzo's dance team <clears throat> so says that also there are complaints that she went after them for their religious as well a religious christian is also accused of shaming people who had premarital sex so I guess this is someone in the production team and proselytizing um any and all in her presence regardless of prostitution sorry I probably butchered that 
The lawsuit alleges that she considered Rodriguez to be a non-believer and when asked by cast members to stop pressuring, Rodriguez said, no job and no one will stop me from talking about the Lord. So there's there's a lot going on here uh, between, I guess, Lizzo personally and the suit. So I don't know. It's very interesting that it does look like the left's eating their own. And she doesn't just dress. It's not just about the way she dressed. Like, whatever. If you want to be confident, I'm all sure. for that. It's just the fact that we're pretending this is healthy. That is an issue and, right. and not a good message for kids. But she's also like, you, sometimes she'll move and her legs are open and there isn't anything down there. And it's like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? But, yeah. Well, uh, from what I, what am, I don't understand here. So... The dance team's captain, Charlene mm-hmm. Quigley, pushed her Christian beliefs on performers and derided those who engaged in premar- premarital sex. Um, I guess. So what's the problem? They got a prickly Christian on the dance team and all the he- that's- heathens are mad? <laughs> Is that what I'm getting at here? I, I think that's part of the, the problem. The suit alleges false imprisonment, like I said before, um, from the protection company because a member of her security detail allegedly forced Davis to remain in the room after the meeting ended so he could search her phone for video. Like, there's a lot going on here. It just seems like an awful mess um, that's been going on behind the scenes. But again, it's very contradictory of the message that she's, you know, portraying to the public. All yeah, of it. Self-acceptance, self-love, do what you want. If, if it feels good, do it, which is like the mantra of Satanism, by, by the mm-hmm. way. It mm-hmm. really is. Like, do what thou wilt. Yep. Hollywood's um, religion. It, it sure is. Whether they they know it or not, um, they're mm-hmm. practicing. Uh but yeah, I just, I, I don't have a horse in the race here, but uh, I can't wait to see how this all shakes out. I really can't. Look, no, maybe I can wait because I see, oh, yeah. I see how things might shake out and I don't like it. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I, I don't. Do we have any more chats? Because uh, I, I think have... we're all cut up and we're way, we're yeah. a little bit over the top and uh, I got to go into a meeting right away. Mm-hmm. So uh, is that it, Olivia? I think so. Efron? Okay, great. Okay, that's it. Uh, thank you so much, Drea, for being a co-host and putting up with me as I, as always, I get the emails, talk too much and talk over my co-hosts. I'm very sorry, but some of it has to do with the Skype delay. So just everybody chill out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thanks to Olivia and Efron and the whole team behind the scenes who work very hard to put the show together and plan the show. Um, for us so that we can just jump on air and and chit chat. They do a lot of hard work and they don't get the proper acknowledgement. Uh, Thanks to everybody who tunes in and watches the show. And uh, thanks to everybody who pitches in a little bit here and there to uh, help us keep the lights on here at Rebel News. As I said off the top of the show, we'll never take a penny from Justin Trudeau. And so um, we rely on you at home. And I think that is the most honest way for us to do our jobs here um, because we remain connected to our viewer base in a way that the mainstream media just would not allow themselves to be. They actually don't like their viewer base all that much. You can tell by the insulting articles that they write about them. So uh, that's everything. Uh, Drea, thanks so much. Um, And as David Menzies always says, stay sane.